Meditation matters. Do we agree on that? Why? No wrong answers here. I'd love for this to be a dialogue. Let's just start with defining what meditation is because it's such a wide area of explanations in our culture. Well, how would anybody describe meditation here? No wrong answers. Uh, purification of the mind through concentration of breath and body. Beautiful. What else? People agree with that? What else? Listening to yourself. Listening to yourself. I love that. Go ahead. I think usually, you know, there tends to be not a lot of, lot of there tends to be a lot of going on in the mind, and it's good to actually find a few minutes of the day to chill out with it. Beautiful. So slowing the nervous system down, slowing the mind down. What else? Stillness. Beautiful. Very foreign to the American culture. What else? Beautiful, being focused to the present moment, which we never are, right? Starting at a very young age, the past and future thing is how we suppress anxiety. Anything else? Any other definitions? Familiarizing ourselves with ourselves. Beautiful. Familiarizing ourselves with ourselves. And then the question is, which self are we talking about? Is it the self that's running around all day, the guarded self, the defended self? or the self that resides in mystery. And that's a whole can of worms there, right? What else? I think it's an escape from insanity. Escape from insanity. By definition, then insanity would be the ego? Or just everyday life. <laughs> everyday life. So, an escape from insanity into what? Stillness, your true self. Beautiful. Your true self stillness. So we're in agreement there. True self stillness, even though these are words are close. So how I would define it is being present to the moment, to the great mystery, without distraction, judgment, but also without manipulation. So one of the things that I've been observing as a practitioner for 30 years, it's amazing how we can use meditation to actually manipulate. About six or seven months ago, I was working with this lovely man who was going through a very hard time. Life was blowing up. Relationship, health, family. And he was doing metta meditation. So he was the beautiful metta meditation of, you know, sending loving kindness to others. He was having a nervous breakdown. But he was using that practice as a way of actually not feeling his own pain. So one of the things that I observe as a clinician around spiritual people, people that we would fall under, right? People who practice yoga, martial arts, is how we can even use the meditation practice as a way of disconnecting. Does that make sense? So nothing against metta, nothing against anything. Just a matter of we're so disconnected in our culture, as you say beautifully, the insanity, that we can use anything. So definition is a little bit important here of what is it that we're trying to do. It's not necessarily learning how to stop thinking. I had this Tibetan friend, a, a monk, been meditating a long time, he would do these one-year retreats, and I'd be like, okay, homeboy, so on these retreats, like really, really, like how often does your mind get really quiet? He's like, listen, if it's 50% on the ninth month, 
I'm killing it. <laughs> so us, that's not necessarily our lot. But as beautifully everybody's saying here, we can actually quieten a little bit to listen to that sound, who our true nature is. So, I want to share a couple of things with you tonight. I just want to give you little flavors. The first thing I want to ask is, how many people here meditate regularly? What style? Can you guys just tell me, is it mindfulness, is it Zen? Mindfulness? Mindfulness. mindfulness. Anything but mindfulness? Pardon? Okay, beautiful. TM, beautiful. So we're going to play with all these energies for, so we can become familiar. So let's just start with mindfulness. As you know with mindfulness, there's two places we can put our attention on the breath. Nose, being aware of the breath going in and out of the nose, nostrils, or the belly. So depending on who your teacher is, which part of Asia, a lot of people focus here, tip of the nostrils, down here. As Westerners, meaning anybody who's very heady, from a Chinese medicine slash martial arts practice, where our awareness is, is where the energy flows. So we're very head-heavy. So if energetically I have to draw a picture for anybody in this room right now, it would be a triangle, this way, going up, the heavy part being in the sky, nothing down here. So we're going to practice mindfulness here for a second. I'm going to have you close your eyes. What I prefer when I practice that is instead of putting the attention in the nostrils, put it in the belly. Because where the awareness is, is where the energy flows. Does that make sense? So, close your eyes just for a couple of minutes. We'll start at the nostril. Leaving the sounds out for the moment, all the attention, all the awareness, will be on the air, going in and out of the nostrils. So we can definitely feel the room got quiet. The nervous systems are starting to slow down. Can you feel the weight of your head? Can you feel how the head got a little bit heavier? Because the awareness is up there. Maybe a little bit hotter. So now I'm going to keep that same awareness, but bring it down into the belly without forcing it. Your mind now resides close to the pelvic floor.
and put your mind in your belly. Gently open your eyes. Can you feel a difference? Can you feel how the energy comes down? Can you feel how the head gets cooler? I mean, if you don't, it's okay. I'm just asking a question. I'm not telling you what you're feeling. <laughs> Tell me what you're feeling. What's the difference for you? More grounded. More grounded. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, grounded. More grounded. Scared. Yeah. Grounded. Go ahead. I find it easier to let go of thoughts. Beautiful. So, it's easier to let go of thoughts because there's less energy, there's less juice going up here. So as a martial artist, one of the things you learn very early on is that if you're in any kind of stress situation, playing around with, with a mate, combat situation, the second your energy goes up, which is from our monkey nature, when we get scared, we do this. You ever notice someone scares you? You go up, you actually unground yourself. So you learn to actually drop yourself down. It's not a physical thing, it's actually a mental thing. The mind actually allows the body to drop down. So great practice, not just when you're meditating, if you're standing in line in bank, if you're waiting around ready to knock out your partner because they said something disrespectful, so you proceed. Feel your feet. Feeling the feet is one of the most important things you can do. So if I tell you, try to relax, oxymoron, you can't try to relax up here. Literally, by kinesthetically feeling the lower body, the energy drops down. It's a very literal thing in our culture, we don't quite connect with these things because we're so heady. So you felt that, right? So now, we're going to do a 10 minute sit. The one thing I want you to pay attention to, do whatever thing that you're doing. Work on tilting the chin down just a little bit, lifting the back of the skull up. This is really connected to heady thinking and shallow breathing, which is our culture. So it's not that forcing, it's this gentle lifting from back here. You with me on that? So we're going to do a 10 minute sit, we're going to time it, <coughs> breathing in the belly, put your hand whichever way is comfortable. And I'll guide you into a little bit of a more open awareness as we drop in. Everyone good with that? Don't have much of a choice, do you? <laughs> So one thing that I would say to you, 
get a timer. For those of you who don't meditate regularly, we're going to start meditating, because I'm going to throw down a challenge at the end of this class. 30 and 30. We're going to be like these junkies, 90 and 90. 10-minute <laughs> meditation for the next 30 days. Everybody in this room, throwing down a gauntlet here, we're all going to sit once a day for 10 minutes. The 10-minute thing isn't random. In my experience, as well as people much wiser than me, it takes about 10 minutes to go through this anxiety that we feel. You can do 5 minutes and not really push through it. We're all so anxious that 10-minute time zone is enough. I do 20, but if I don't have time for 20, I do the 10. Because I can actually sit through my bullshit, which plenty. So, I, uh, beautiful. So, same time every day and same place every day. The body-mind really has a habitual aspect to it, so it likes that. So it's hard, I know in New York we live in these tiny apartments, but if you can have the same cushion, the same pillow, it doesn't have to be, we'll get into posture afterwards, it doesn't have to be on the floor. Raising your butt is really huge, just to support the lower back. Laying down doesn't work as well because of the way your neck is and you fall asleep. It can be on a chair. The two big things that i found is the belly breathing and this thing of raising the neck up. And I'm going to throw some Chinese and stuff in here later on just to play with the energy somewhat. Here we go. <coughs> Gently lifting the spine by lifting the back of the skull. Breathing is in the belly. We're going to scan the body briefly from the top of the head working down. Letting the face muscles relax, eyelids, jaw, throat. Arms heavy on the legs. Upper back. Middle back. And lower back.
making sure that the pelvic floor is relaxed. Your thighs, your calves, shin bones, ankles, and feet. Breathing in the belly. Now we're going to add the sound of the traffic. Sounds in the room. Breeze of the fans. Gently checking posture.
keeping the awareness within and without. Gently place the tip of your tongue behind the top two front teeth. More than likely that's happening naturally. But if it's not, gently place the tip of your tongue on the top palate behind the top two front teeth and notice what happens to your field. Breathing in the belly. Awareness of sensations, sounds. The tongue on the roof of the mouth. come back into the room with your eyes open but keeping this awareness just pay attention to your posture before you move where's your neck how far back or forward are you and let's stand up and stretch our legs because everyone's legs to sleep I know mine are they're pretty serious yogis you keep the awareness in pretty much there. What did you feel when you did it? Could you feel any difference when you did it? Beautiful. So, you all seem like you're serious astronauts, so you know this stuff. In Chinese martial arts slash medicine, there's something called microcosmic orbit. The main yin line, energetically, and the main yang line are connected through your tongue touching the roof of your mouth. So in all internal martial arts, that is the first thing that you learn, is to keep the tongue behind the roof of the mouth. And it's exactly that. It actually expands the energy and brings awareness. For some of you, it might have just been happening naturally. It's just a matter of just paying attention to it. Very powerful thing. Very powerful. Especially for healing. So, to separate what we're talking about today, 
I'm throwing in some healing stuff that has nothing to do with enlightenment or whatever you think you're after. That thing doesn't exist. That thing just comes momentary when you pay attention. But it's nice if we're going to sit and quiet ourselves to get our energy healed, right? So you don't have to do any of this stuff. The next thing is really huge. So you want to keep standing or sit? So here's the cool thing while you're standing. Don't lock your knees. Lock your knees. You know what happens? That shoots the energy right up to your head. Classic monkey thing. Boop. Lock up. You want to do this. Boop. You want to drop down. So now, just sink a little bit down. It doesn't have to be drastic, but feel the difference. This is our culture. Locked. No give. Ugh. Aggro. Relax the knees and feel what happens. You feel the belly? One of my favorite pictures is from World War II of these two American G.I. Joes holding this Japanese soldier under guard. And these are just good big old boys from like Kansas probably like all up here, they're all chest, no belly, and they're just pulled up. And the Japanese guy was half their size is here and in his belly, and he could just eat these two guys. And he's like about five four and these guys are like six one. That's our culture. Up and out, up and out. It's so unsafe for us to be here. So this thing of standing just with your knees bent a little bit, huge. Now here's another piece of this thing. Tuck your butt in just a little bit. Some of you do it naturally. So for most of us, we break. Exaggerating, we break here. This tilting the pelvic floor under actually really roots you and opens up the Ming Men, connects to that. So what we're at, this is a little Chinese meditation. This is a Qigong meditation. Standing, tongue on the roof of the mouth, feet are parallel, shoulder width. Turn your toes in a little bit. For most of us, our toes tend to go out. You're just going to bend your knees a little bit. Butt's tucked in. And here's the most important part. You point with your index fingers. Down. So a little bit around here. And the arms, the palms are facing the wall. The back of the palms. And again, the neck pulled up. Point with your index fingers. So I'm just going to come around with your permission. Can you guys feel that in your hand warm up? So this is a great meditation. This is a great meditation if you don't want to sit.
You guys feel that? What the hell is he talking about? Your eyes closed. Beautiful. See how your breathing automatically starts dropping because your body automatically understands what your mind might not. Go to the ground floor. Go to the basement. down as you can. So that triangle that I was describing before now is inverted. Open your eyes. Keep your posture. Can you feel that energy in your hands? Can you feel that heat? Pretty cool, no? So you don't want to waste that. You're going to take that, put it below your navel, and just rub it. Beautiful. Your body automatically will know which way to go. So if you're really anxious some morning or really tired and you can't sit, this is a nice thing to do. I do this whenever I'm waiting for something. Like this is constantly what I practice. I've been a martial artist 35 years. The most important thing I've ever found in all these arts is this. It's incredible for your immune system. But it tends to quiet the mind. Can you feel that? Because it literally forces this down into the ground. You remember, 200 years old, meaning the head, million and a half depending who you're talking to. You're basically using the innate nature of this being as opposed to this being. Let's sit down and talk. Questions? Don't tell me you already got all that down, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Come sit up here. Do you mind? You want to come sit here? Because we're describing all of us. So let's just take a look. Not we're putting on the spot or anything. But actually what she's saying is, is for, true for most of us. So sit down and show us what you're talking about. Oh, you were like describing the like, rings like this and I tend to... You start going forward. Yeah. So keep the attention, the intention here. Right? So this is the posture here. This thing is a bowling ball. So even half an inch forward, it's really going to strain your system even after 10 minutes. So it's lifting from here. 
See that? That's what, that's everyone, by the way. That's all of us. And that's anxiety. We we start breaking this thing down at a very young age. It's that sort of being anxious, wanting to see what's going on. So we go this way. So a lot of times, a lot of back issues for most of us is because we're here all the time. And it's just an awareness. It's not the Marine Corps thing. It's not this thing. Right? It's actually... When you're standing, if your knees are soft, it'll be easier. Most people lock their knees, right? So we get anxious from a young age and we do this. And this forces the butt back and the head. It's just the body can't hold it. So you can do a perfect asana and hold it or martial arts. The second you start walking, we're headed. This is the posture. This betrays our anxiety. I mean, the one thing that I've learned third years of being a healer is everyone's anxious. This is because this thing is just, you're looking ahead. It doesn't feel safe. This takes a lot of trust to be in this place. You can't fake it. Right? So it's like that kind of like pseudo, you know, pull in the ass thing. It's not that. It's more of a relaxed thing. Does that answer your question? Yeah. So, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for, for coming up here. So that's for all of us. Um, what else? Questions? Yes. The roof of the mouth. Yes. Where exactly? Because I had Great. it right behind my teeth and... It's right, so these are the top two teeth. Uh-huh. It's right right here where the palate touches it. It's right where the gum touches the teeth. Right there. Not, it's natural, it's not a forced thing. Your tongue actually resides there for most people if you're meditating. But when you put your attention on it, that, that you can actually feel this with practice. It's called microcosmic orbit because the energy actually circulates in that. So this was like a big secret back in the day. Like in the 70s, you never learned this. It was like, whoa, it was only for... So this guy, Mantak Chia, which some of you might know his name, like in, I don't know, 81 or 82, he came to Chinatown and started telling all the non-Asians about it. And people were like, oh my God, we're going to kill him. This is... But it's amazing how powerful it is. Because I had studied for years and you weren't taught that. It's a very important thing. Basis of all internal martial arts. This finger thing that I'm showing you, this is really huge. It took me a long time to figure that out. Now, I didn't figure it out. Somebody showed it to me. For any time when you're in kind of an anxiety state, try pointing. It does something to the energy of the system. It makes it integrous. It actually gets integrity in the system. My sense is, since, you know, you, you watch kids from very young age, they're pointing. My sense is we start at such a young age throwing the body together by pointing. That's why it's this non-verbal way of getting the energy to flow. Right? So anytime you're in a state, let's say you're in a car, you're standing somewhere, just, just feel, I'm just feel right now. Just, just point. It's not a hard pointing, it's a soft point. Feel what happens. It's pretty immediate. Pretty damn cool. Uh, this uh, man by the name of Rick Barrett, check his stuff out, uh, Tai Chi Alchemy. He's got a pretty cool site. He's the one who actually showed this to me, a martial arts brother of mine. And it changed my whole practice. I mean, it's just meaning martial arts. It's... Can you feel that? So we're all juiced up now because we've had a little bit of sitting. We all have each other's energy. This room is really powerful. So, but with practice, you can drop into this immediately. Great thing to practice when you're anxious. Great thing to practice when you're getting pissed off. Not to numb it, just to discharge it. Like... Questions? Please. Uh, what can you say about feet and legs falling asleep and that feeling while you're meditating? Sit in a chair. It takes practice. I mean, if you do it regularly, it doesn't. 
people like Barbara would know a lot more than, than a schmuck like me. So <laughs> I would say, like what Dean is doing here, support them, have stuff underneath them. But if they fall asleep a lot, you can actually just do it in a sitting position. It's just as easy on a chair. It doesn't have to be the sitting down thing. If you have back issues, the main thing is keeping the spine straight because it keeps the mind quiet. But you know, it's not like... I've met people who are serious cats, men and women who are like old and they sit like this. You sit next to them, boom, your mind goes quiet. But they learned it by doing this. And then after a while, it doesn't matter what your posture is. But physiology does dictate our mental state. I mean, we are monkeys, you know what I mean? This little fancier version, or not. So on the topic, when I was trying to, when we moved our breath down to the belly, yes. I was able on the inhale to move it down. But when I exhaled, it went right back, back up. So with practice, the inhale and exhale won't affect it as much because your mind, where your awareness is where the energy flows. So then what's happening is your mind is going up and down with the breath. So now keep the awareness, we'll practice some more sitting, in the belly going in and out. So instead of the breath going in and out, this is very literal. Your mind goes everywhere that you're putting attention on. So energetically, it's a very real thing. I can tell you as energy healer. I mean, I... I can't make this impression strong enough. Where your awareness is where the energy is. Right? So most people that I touch as a healer, there's nobody down here. Nobody. It's all here. And it gets more problematic because your body can distinguish between thought and reality. Evolutionary lag. We can sit, anybody in here, quiet room, lovely people. How do you think about a stressful event? And draw your blood within three to four minutes. Your body is in real time of whatever that event was. Car accident, fighting with someone. That makes sense? Thoughts aren't free. You pay for them. I get cold feet when I get anxious. Is that why? Beautiful. It's a great point. I was like, thank you for bringing that up. So, why do our bodies get cold, hands or feet, or sweaty? Part of this evolutionary lag is, lion jumps out, First thing is breathing is shallow. What they believe is the hands and feet get cold because they're on your extremities, and if you get bit, you don't bleed to death. So the blood goes to the muscles, fight or flight, you don't bleed to death, because more likely the animal would bite you there, you're more ready to run. Anytime your hands and feet are sweaty or cold, you're in a stress response. Wonderful that you're yawning, that's the body relaxing, that's actually really great. So anytime, that's true, anytime your feet are cold, drop your breathing down and feel your body. So, let me tell you a little story. Years ago, when I was just starting acupuncture, I used to work with biofeedback. Biofeedback is basically using equipment that measure your skin conductance, your hands getting cold, your uh, sweaty when you get nervous, skin temperature, hands and feet getting cold when you get stressed, and brain waves, you go into beta state. What I discovered using all kinds of techniques, doing mindfulness, doing breathing work, if you got people to feel their body, the hands and feet would automatically get warm and dry, meaning you'd go into a relaxation response. You with me with that? So the simple act of just feel your body, it sounds so simple, no one can do it. I used to brain map people. So you can actually warm your hands and feet and not be in meditation, by the way. So this is the other part of this. You can relax physically, but your mind can still be a little bit wacky. 
So that's where that next level comes of paying attention to the sounds, doing something like mantras to quiet it down. So this thing of feeling your body is pretty big. Anytime you're cold, you're in that stress response. Here's the problem. When you're in that stress response, your immune system is compromised. Why? Because when this happened a thousand years ago, it would happen three times a day. You'd either be dead, or you'd learn how to not be around that animal. When you're in that stress response, all long-term survival mechanisms shut down. Immune system is a long-term survival mechanism. Your digestion, long-term survival. Healing, long-term survival. The body and mind doesn't care when it's about to get eaten up by an animal. It doesn't give a shit, you're going to die. So let's use everything to go into this mode. So it's sort of like the American consumer with a credit card. Forget about the future, man. <laughs> but then when the bill comes, you're like... So it's really important on the health level as well as what we're talking about. Now, it gets more interesting. Why is everybody thinking all the time? Any thoughts on that? Because you're anxious. Because you're afraid of dying. So it's actually, literally, we're so afraid, everybody, that we go into our thinking as a way of not being in the moment. Once you make friends with being in the moment, it's not that bad. That's that 10 minute thing. But it's the biggest addiction. The first addiction that we pick up is thinking. Before food, before drugs, before spending, is thinking. So we're up against a big thing here. It's not as simple as, hey, shut your mind down a couple of minutes a day. So, go ahead. absolutely no right or wrong. You know, really, you have, the thing that I'm just giving you here is some tools. I'm giving you a bowl and you got to play with it. There is no right or wrong. Everyone's path is different. If anyone tells you otherwise, you know, the longer I practice, the more I realize every person is different. If you're an oak tree, if you're a rose bush, you have different needs. To your point, I would say, are you keeping the thoughts around as a way of not paying attention to what's underneath the thoughts? Or is it just a practice that they're there? We can't get rid of the thoughts. The question is, how do we relate to them? You're not going to get rid of that sound outside. Right? We're trying to sleep here. It's Broadway. Subway. Now I can sit here and be like, Jesus Christ, another sound. This subway thing, man. Cheats. You hear that? Or it's like we're having a conversation. Doesn't matter. That's what meditation is. Your relationship to the thinking changes. But for most of us, we actually pour gasoline on the fire of the thinking because underneath it, we're so anxious. Does that make sense? So we're making friends with that. It's not about getting rid of anything. It's about making friends slash have a different relationship. So there's times where uh, maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep or you, you know, you've been running whatever, 24-7, and, and you sit, and all the discursive stuff is actually kind of a, it's tamped down, and if you're sitting for 20 minutes, maybe like at a 12-minute point, you find yourself 
starting to doze off. Mm-hmm. Are there any techniques in terms of maintaining that awareness throughout the whole period? Beautiful question. So, we've all had this experience when we're really exhausted. So, we get into the trick department now. Close your eyes, let's go into some tricks. This is not time, we're just going to practice to see what this feels like. So, keep your hands down. And keep your eyes closed, we'll go into the posture. Posture is neutral. We're lifting from the skull. And let's say now you're starting to doze off because you're tired. Very slightly, by very few degrees, move your posture forward. And feel what that does to your energy. It raises the energy up in the body. Can everyone feel that? Go back a little bit. Feel the difference? Go forward a little bit. Go back a little bit. Next, use your left hand, left thumb, close your left nostril and just breathe in and out of your right nostril. Now relax that. That's the yogi's cocaine. You feel your heart? You feel how your heart got a little bit energized? Feel that. Feel that heart energy? Can you feel that? That juice things up? Now we're going to use our right hand. Plug in the right nostril. Put your hand down. Can you feel that? Yogi heroin? <laughs> Together gives you the speedball. Now, keep your eyes closed. Your hands are palm down. Turn your hands palm up. Close your eyes and feel that.
And while you're at it, with your eyes closed, you're going to look at the tip of your nose. Without forcing your eyes, you're looking at the tip of your nose. Open your eyes. <coughs> Feel that juice in your hand. <coughs> so again, take this energy and put it in your below your navel. How did that feel for you? Yeah, definitely made a difference. Feel a difference? I typically don't close my eyes. Great. So, but I still, <laughs> I still doze off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're just exhausted. You need to, you know, there's no tricks on that level. We're going to do an open-eyed meditation. See the difference. The posture thing helps. The hand thing helps. But I tell you, everybody in this room right now, just tapping into the energy is beyond exhausted. And that's New York City. Right? We, we are so hyper-adrenal out in this culture. Like, we have no reserves. N- not Nada. No reserves. Right? This body-mind isn't that different than thousands of years ago. It's really the amount that we constantly demand from these body-minds is phenomenal. So sometimes I would say to you, if that happens and it's not a regular, just lay down and take a nap. That's what you need, really. Yeah, you're right. It's like recharge, but 10 minutes and then lay down and have some compassion. We're so heady, so we don't realize how tired we are. You ever have that feeling like you can't sleep and you get a book and the next thing you know, it's like you're drooling all over the place? (laughs) It's supposed to be gradual. It's not gradual because the adrenals are so amped up that I'm here, and I'm here, and then I'm here. And the whole caffeine thing, the sugar thing, you know, the juice thing, all these things really raise the frequency, but you have to have some relationship with your body. Most people don't. Which, by the way, you would think as yogis and martial artists, we don't. We're just as fuck. We don't. Um, I think you can. I think you can definitely manipulate that, but the body needs sleep. So the question is, what is the reason of not sleeping? What are we trying to do? Definitely, look. Those of you who change your diets, you need less sleep, yes, or you sleep better. Those of you who do yoga practice or martial arts, but there's something about that. Like, I'm really into trying to honor the animal nature in myself. I'm a person who was an addict, and I'm not talking about drugs. When I finished doing drugs, what I did to my body with yoga, fasting, martial arts was 10,000 times worse than what I did with drugs. And I see that every day, by the way, in all our brothers and sisters. The eating disorder in our culture, meeting the yoga slash martial arts community under the guise of cleansing, the self-cruelty under the guise of, I'm going to do a 30-day practice and sleep three hours. I've done all that stuff. destroys your body. You have to, on some level, have some respect for the animal nature. So nothing against your teacher. All my teachers would say the same thing. 
But then it becomes this mantra thing on some level too. It's like, okay, so why are we not sleeping? The body needs sleep. It's A lot happens on that level. In my world, you have someone who has done shamanic work. So much happens. We communicate on such deep levels when we're sleeping. So, not for or against. I don't see compassion. There's all this talk about compassion. Man, boy, we hate ourselves. You with me on that one? If one thing you take away from tonight is just love yourselves. Really. I mean, it makes you want to cry. Like, we don't love ourselves, man. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. I look at everyone's eyes. Look at myself in the mirror, man. We don't. We put on a good act. We put on a good act. The whole point of this stuff of sitting is just get to know who this person is. It's not to get anywhere. We have some idea that some magical thing happens. You can have all kinds of magical experiences with meditation. It means nothing. When death comes knocking on your door, which it will for all of us, that's what this practice is. I take 50, 60, 70 year old men and women who can't have me leave the room and not turn the light off when I'm treating them because they're scared. How do you think you're going to face death when you're like that? That's all of us, by the way. You know, spend the day, don't pick up an iPhone, don't pick up a magazine, don't pick up a phone, just sit and tell me that you're not anxious. You can do that. Awesome. Stop yoga, stop martial arts, eat burger. <laughs> We're good. Not we can't really do that. Does that make sense? So all this stuff, why are we doing this? Just to get in touch with that. All this monkey sounds I'm making up here is just to entertain the monkey part of us. It's really about just sitting and feeling and having a relationship. Very few people have a relationship with themselves. You can see it at the moment of death because they died righteous, man. You're just like... But you have to die while you're still alive. It's the simplest thing and it's so not true in our culture. I was having this uh, talk with someone recently. We don't have elders anymore. I was at a restaurant and not, you know, I'm a 51 year old guy, so I'm, this is not a judgment, I'm talking about myself too. We have to age gracefully in this culture. It's not easy. We're so into looks and body. I know someone who's a martial artist, I hate it. My body can't do certain things. I'm, yeah, it sucks. But I saw that it really broke my heart. These, um, a couple, they were in their late 70s and they were dressed like they were 18. And I'm not saying that's a judgment, whatever turns young. There are people who can actually do that gracefully. It was death fear. It was fear of death, where the woman could barely walk in the high heels and the guy could barely walk in the clothes. We don't have elders anymore. So part of this practice is how do you learn to become an elder? How do you gracefully age? How do you gracefully slowly give up the things that don't feed you? While being fully in life and digging it. I'm not like, oh, let's all like eat water and not live your life. Make sense? So to me, the meditation practice is about learning how to die every day. Ten minutes. I'm such an uplifting guy, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> Beautiful, yes. Yes, well, yeah. To me, meditation is actually about that. Right? Everything perpetuates the ego. The way we dress, our spiritual practice, making money, everything. But if you're out there screwing the world, you're like, oh, Abdi's a bad guy. If I'm out there helping people, oh, what a sweet guy. It's the same game. It's a shtick. 
Now, of course, what is it? isn't it? I've done both. Sold drugs, healed people. Hurt people physically, heal them. It's much more fun to do the latter than the first. But it really doesn't change anything because if my ego identifies with the healer, that's as hard to let go when death comes knocking on my door as the killer. Yin yang, they're still the same. You want the middle. Can I ask your question? So the dying practice for me is really big because I came into this work working with dying patients. First drug addicts and then people with AIDS. I've watched a lot of people die. And our culture doesn't prepare us for that. Meditation is the closest thing there is to that practice. We think we're getting enlightened a lot of times. When I started meditating, I wanted to get somewhere. It was just learn like, oh, where are you, dude? It was not like you're going to get somewhere. Just figure out where you are right now. Can I answer your question? So a great practice while you're meditating, by the way, is instead of sitting, lay down and act like you're dying. It's too heavy to do right now because we don't have enough time to process it. But literally lay down for 10 minutes and feel like you just had a stroke, you just got run over, Homeland Security just, or New York City cop, whatever, right? What does that feel like? We think it's like funny, believe me, when time comes, I mean it's funny, but, but when, no it is funny, but when time comes, not funny. Questions? Tell me more, tell me more. I'm sort of getting it, not getting it. So you're thinking about things? So if you're, you're trying to do practices like that, so for example, you witness someone's that. Yes. And having seen that, you can see then drop curiosity. Yes. When though is like the time that you're doing that, in some way creating a reality that's closer to that? When you're not thinking is the closest reality to dying, when your mind starts slowing down. So, right? Things of beauty, things of shock. The reason a lot of people get addicted to trying to help people die is because their mind stops. When you're doing a very extreme thing, racing motorcycles, racing cars, your mind stops. That's why people love that. Climbing mountains, very hard asana, 30-day practices. It forces the mind to stop. Is that what you're asking? Yes. But talking about it is very different than doing it. We talk about it, but we don't have the experience of it. You know what I'm saying? We, we talk about these things with experience. Here's the great thing about it as a therapist. I can treat someone as a body worker who's been in analysis for 10, 15 years. And I'm a big fan of therapy, by the way. So I, someone has helped me a lot. They've never had an emotion. Freudian especially. They've been in Freudian analysis. They understand everything, boy. They, they get it. But they, they're not emotionally connected. Then you throw a couple of needles in them and they just start bawling. Disconnect. Now is it that it didn't matter? No. Mind matters connected with the body and emotional state. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a disconnect. We talk about things freely, but we're not really in it. 
I've taught martial arts for 35 years, been in it. I can talk to you about being in a situation that's violent. We can talk about it. We can even play around. I can even have a real knife. I guarantee you, when the first time somebody comes with a real knife, you will pee your pants. Been there, done that. Talking about it, we can get very close to it. These are just practices. A big problem with the spiritual community, meaning us, is we think because we read the books and do the talking and sit, we, we, we have it. We don't. Yes. Um, I just had, this might be going back a little bit, Please. but um, the idea that was just sort of probably around really intense high after people, and sometimes I can feel as though I'm being swallowed by them. Yes. So, how do you suggest Lovely. keeping is it great? <laughs> I feel your feet. That, that's a great question. So, uh, did you guys get what a question was? Right? So if, you, if, you're, if you're a therapist, if you're a healer, if you're a teacher, you work in a bank, you're in some kind of high-stress environment. People are unraveling right now. People are unraveling right now. This is what I'm seeing as a clinician. So either you have a practice, you've done some work, you've let go of relationships that don't work, jobs that are killing you, your health, you could be doing really well. People are really unla- unraveling. Feel your body. Your energetic field will magnify exponentially depending how low you are in your body. If I'm working on someone who's very ill and I'm tired or I'm checked out, I will pick that energy up. If I'm present, I don't. And I can help them more and I know what they need. The most difficult thing is to be present in the body all the time. One way that I make sure, every time I walk through a doorway, in my office I have doors so I walk through them, my breathing drops, I check the breath, and I feel my body. Anytime you're in a situation where you're not feeling safe, feel your lower body. It's incredible how it changes things. Try it. Put a ring on your finger. Put a string around your wrist for a couple of days. Something that you're not used to. Every time you're like, why is this thing here? Check your breathing. Feel your body. Start not just when you're sitting on your mat. All day long practicing that. Answer your question? Yes. Yes. So how does that? Okay. Um, and the second question is what I got from her question I raised one for me is in practicing death, it can be, it can, there's perhaps a fear in practicing it that when we think about a, a dying scenario, maybe there will be a self fulfilling prophecy there, and mm-hmm. we will more likely create that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, how do we let go of that and that? Great, great question. Yeah, so I, I thought you'd ask You're wishing death on yourself 24-7 without being aware, so you're not that strong. Everybody in this room is wishing death on themselves 24-7. Does that, does that resonate somewhere inside of you? Do you ever notice when you do something that's really good for you, do a 30-day cleanse, at some point you start eating shittier than you did before? If you do something that's really strong meditation practice, you'll stop and do... Have you ever noticed when you start really going after something that's quote-unquote healthy, there'll be an opposite energy? That's your unconscious at work. So we're not that powerful. This is the part of the New Age bullshit. Let me be clear about that. Bullshit. <laughs> that we actually manifest our thoughts. We're not that powerful. To get to that level, there are people that can do that. I haven't met them, but I do believe it's possible. 
you will be so clear that these things won't be an issue and you won't care about manifesting because you are everything at that point or you have that realization that you're everything now a very important or important point this idea of bringing energy up and out we believe that's heaven and this is hell so that's the Christian bit of this thing right whenever we go like I believe in God we point up we don't, we don't go like I believe in God point down <laughs> so this is part of our fight with nature we think nature, which is a divine feminine, we pay a lot of lip service to the divine feminine. We don't trust her one bit. <laughs> Women or men, I'm not, we're all full of it. Doesn't matter just because you have a vagina or a cock makes no difference, gay or straight. We don't trust this. I trust this. I'm learning how to trust this. So the idea of bringing energy up for me as a martial artist, my intention is to bring the energy down because I'm up. If you're in a very specific practice like Kundalini and you're doing that, then your system has checks and balances. Don't try to do it by yourself. As someone who's treated people with kundalini issues and who's had a kundalini doesn't doesn't mean anything, but I've had it. Fucking sucks. I don't want to bring my energy up. I, you know, I was just like, well, bring, let's go down. But if you're in a system that brings it up, what is the system doing that? If it's a yogic system that's been around for thousands of years, obviously they have checks and balances. They also know how to balance it. Cooling foods if it comes up, they're bringing it down. But be very cognizant as a Westerner, you will take that energy because there's a belief system in you that's not in an Indian, because he or she, where these systems were designed, lived on the earth, touched the earth, ate from the earth. This is a danger of mixing cultures. So always have that awareness. What is it you're after? It's not out there. It's not down here. It's here right now. Ramana Maharshi, which is like my homeboy of homeboys, I don't consider him a man, man, woman, he was beyond. He would say, the thing you're looking for is here right now. The day when you realize it, you'll be no different than now. So we think something's going to change. Some part of it will get purified, and this little part will do, and some little thing will happen. It's here right now. So the meditation is an honoring of that, oh, it's here right now, can, can we sit with it? But we're so distracted, we don't. And it's so goddamn simple, which is why it's so hard to understand that it's been here all along. So that whole saying that it's like a hat that is put on your head and you've gone to <coughs> Iran and you've gone to Afghanistan, you've gone to Tibet, you've gone to Japan and then you come to New York, you're like, fuck, what? You fucking kidding me? It's been here all the time? What? What? 30 years. It's like that. So, what is your intention with manipulating your energy? We're going to do something. You're going to be here for 10 years, 50 years, 60 years. Do something with your life. Do it as a free woman or a man, not as a beggar. Be under the premise that you are something that you're looking for, not play. Make sense? So, questions, and then I'm going to do some a little more sitting. Go ahead. And in light of what you just said... Uh, what did I, I say? Think, well... <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay. Um, I, I, I have recently been seeking, I suppose, all over. And uh, and what I'm noticing is that each different group is like, come this way, this is great. Join up and come every day and be here forever and this is the way that you will live your life. Yes. And I don't want to do that. Um, but I do find something in every bit, but I'm feeling so scattered because there are too many um, dogmatic ways to live. And I'm feeling benefits from all, but then at the end of the day, I go home and meditate by myself and then 
I have crazy experiences, but I have no one that I I trust to bring it to. So I feel like it's almost like I'm, like, I'm, like it's dangerous or something by myself. Well, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you're, if you're manipulating energy, you can get into trouble. Manipulating energy. I mean, depend. These practices manipulate energy, right? Mm -hmm. I had a patient one time years ago who just did a third eye meditation mm -hmm. for like a long time, like serious, like hours a day. He went to Bellevue. I mean, I wrote about it in the book. Okay. I actually had a nervous breakdown. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. The question <laughs> is, what do you know? It's a lot of different energies. You have to figure out what is it you're looking for. What is it you're looking for? So seeking is a part of everyone's path. At some point, you got to give that drug up. At some point, you got to give that drug up. You don't have to do it as a free person. I'm going to have a drink tonight, smoke tomorrow. I'm coughing. I can't smoke anymore. I'm drinking, boy, I'm having six drinks now. can't drink anymore. I can have a drink, it's okay. What are you looking for? So you can get benefits, but don't confuse experiences with what you're looking for. There's infinite amount of experiences out there. So I can't really, like, that's your path. You got to go for it till you're done, you burn up the seeking. For me, I saw it like a motherfucker for like so many years. The day when it stopped, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Muhammad. Thank you. Just the fact of just like, Phew. So tiring. But I have to go through it for 20 years. But when you ended seeking, was it that you then began teaching? Because I guess I'm wondering... No. 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 Yeah, no. no. I started healing when I was 21 years old. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing 30 years later. Seriously, I mean, honestly, like, what can I say? I can tell you as a healer, the most honest thing I can say to you is that if I'm in the moment and present, with the most honesty I can muster up, healing happens. It has fucking nothing to do with me. The part that has to do with me is the being in the moment. Without judgment, without manipulation. Full acceptance of what is. 30-year-old mother dying of cancer, 70-year-old man dying of whatever. Being present in the moment, which is this practice. One more question I'm going to sit. Yeah, um, this is just kind of a practical question, but there are some days that I'm really eager to sit and some days that I just can't. Great. Can yes, great. So... The days when you can't sit the most are the days that you have to sit the most. <laughs> it's really difficult. Why is it? We can say exhaustion, we can say anxiety. So, we have to kind of wrap it up soon. Everybody in here, do we have, we have to wrap it up? Are we okay? Can we go longer? Yeah, you're fine. You guys okay with time? Yeah. Anybody has to leave, go ahead and leave. I don't want to hold you up. Can everybody here commit to 30 days for 10 minutes? It's March 17th till April 17th. Can you do that? So this group energy will hold us together. Once you get to a certain level, it actually just gets easier. If you sit regularly. That's very normal. There's nothing wrong with that. That feeling is normal. Usually it's anxiety. And this is what I'm saying. You were saying, somebody was talking about our thoughts, affecting like, are we going to die if we think about things. This is, we're actually afraid of dying. It's not that we're going to create death by thinking about it. The reason we don't sit is because the ego's game starts coming up. We can go to 10 different groups but not sink into any of them. The Chinese have a great saying in Chinese martial arts, this meditation that I showed you. They say it's like boiling water just before it boils and turning it off. You can do that for a lifetime and never boil. Put the heat up and just, you gotta boil it till you start seeing the steam. So that's very normal. Take it as a compliment from your ego because it's going like, So let's shake our legs out. We're just going to do a little step. We're going to do an open eye one. 
What do you guys think? You guys are good for 10 minutes? You doing that 10-minute one? End up with a 10-minute? So we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do a little Zen one here. Did you guys feel the hand mudras when they were down, when they were up? So in Zen practice, the left hand goes over the top of the right, the two thumbs touch, and they rest gently on the pelvic floor, the right arm on the right leg. Okay? Now our eyes are going to be open and we're going to look 45 degrees at the ground in front. So you already have this practice yourself, some people do, some people don't. Feel what it feels like to do this. Drop your breathing down. <coughs> so here, in this tradition, we're in the hara, we're in the belly. The eyes are not fully open, they're not fully closed, they're relaxed. A little more on the closed side. Significance of looking down is to calm the nervous system, but also not to be reaching as we normally do. No manipulation, no judgment. Being with who you've always been, are, always will be.
And now for the last five minutes, you can either stay in this posture or do what you normally do, eyes open or closed. And we're going to do a little chanting internally of the word now. So we're going to repeat, repeat the word over and over. Now, internally. Every time your mind wants to go anywhere, you go back to now. Let's see how that works for you. And move your legs if your legs are getting numb. Keep the awareness.
find closing. And to your question, you're beyond experience. All experience is phenomena. All experience is phenomena, so it's not your true nature. Not this, not that, neither either, neither both. You are that you seek. You are that you seek. When you get bored of the seeking, which is a lot of fun, it's been all along, nothing special. But man, it's delicious. And you all have it right now, that's what this was. So, mindfulness, first one, see how that works for you. Eyes open, the Zen, play around with the hands, see what that does for you, up, down, the breathing. The transcendental meditation, the repeating of a word over and over can be very useful if your mind is very active. So you can use whatever word that feels comfortable. I just use now because I'm with Sanskrit. But Sanskrit words do have power. I mean, that, those are real things, so play around with them. But the idea is, instead of your mind starting to go every time you go into thought, you say the word now, or whatever word you're going to use, just to pull yourself down. Very useful technique if you're meditating midday, if your mind's very hot. Good? Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. 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 Thanks.